Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. Big, big news in the world of college sports this week. Not National Signing Day, because look, everybody knows the real National Signing Day is in December now. Like four guys signed on Wednesday, nobody cares. The news everybody cares about is that EA Sports is bringing back a college football video game. We don't know exactly when. We don't know exactly how it will look, but they have said they are bringing back a game, and that is massive, massive news, especially for one member of our college football staff at The Athletic. Our Oklahoma beat writer, Jason Jason Kersey, he's still got a PlayStation 3 just so he can play NCAA 14. He actually played to celebrate the news. Jason, what did you think when you heard? Well, you know, I know we're going to get into this later, but, you know, I, I... When I started it up the other night, I made a dynasty with Arkansas State randomly and decided to schedule Arkansas because they'll never play. And then literally the next day, they announced that game. Like, And I didn't know that that was it's, coming. So. It is the week of hell freezing over. That's what this is. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. But yeah, no, that game, uh, from the time I was probably 13 and I had my old PlayStation, original PlayStation and NCAA 2001, uh, until they stopped making it. That was just a huge part of my life. I mean, I, I'm one of those guys who had a group of friends in my dorm my freshman year of college who played a dynasty together. I was still playing dynasties with my friend, my brother and our, our friend uh, up until, you know, as an adult covering college football, I was like checking EA Sports website to, to do my online recruiting when I was on the road to cover real games. I mean, I love that <laughs> game. So the other day, like, was was – the happiest maybe I've been in a long time, certainly since the beginning of the pandemic. I'll tell you that. <laughs> what is the greatest dynasty you've ever created in NCAA football? Because I, I had a mailbag question about, you know, who, who should I pick when the game comes back? And I said, well, obviously UConn, because if you can lead UConn to multiple national titles, you, you've proven mastery of the game. Plus, I'm hoping that the game will be so realistic that you can get a Randy Edsel style contract where you actually get bonuses for like halftime leads. Yes. Yeah. Um, the greatest dynasty. Well, uh, in terms of success, it would have to be on the NCAA 2001. Uh, I led Ole Miss. I mean, I'm not trying to brag here, but I led Ole Miss to 45 national championships. Um, 45, <laughs> 45. Cause there was no, back then there was no limit on the number of years you could play. I don't think that's, and, that is more players than Houston, more years than players. Houston nuts signed in, in 2008 <laughs> or nine or whatever year that was. <laughs> yeah. But I do have to say with the caveat that, uh, they also on that game allowed you to customize your schedule and there were no rules. So I may or may not have played many of those seasons with no sec opponents. So, uh, <laughs> Oh, so basically it was like the sec pre like 1967 when you could be like, we're going to play four conference games this year. Well, we're going to play seven. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. Kind of like that. Um, I think my favorite one though is probably, um, fairly recently, my brother, a friend and me, it was the one I was just talking about when I was actually a, an adult and shouldn't have probably maybe shouldn't have been doing things like that anymore. Um, but, uh, but no, uh, I, I was Navy. My brother was army and our friend was air force and we just had some epic, nice. epic who won the commander in chief's trophy. It, it changed every year. It changed every year. And the most frustrating thing was when we would all beat each other and then two of us would make the BCS national championship game and one would be left out. And it was always so infuriating when you were that one who was left out. This this is going to be great. 
I don't exactly know how it's going to look. I, you know, we, we can get into the the mechanics of why this happened because it's pretty fascinating. I mean, here's the deal: everybody remembers the Ed O'Bannon lawsuit, and that is what this initially stems from: is Ed O'Bannon and Sam Keller. Uh, Sam Keller was a former Arizona State and Nebraska quarterback. They sued EA Sports and the NCAA. Said, "Hey, look, that's us. You're not paying us, but that's definitely us." And EA Sports all along was like, yep, it's you, and we would pay you when you're in school, except the NCAA won't let us, and we'll pay the guys who are out of school, that's fine, but we're not going, you know, we can't pay the guys who are in school because it's not allowed by the NCAA. And, you know, EA Sports settled in 2013. The NCAA went to trial, uh, ended up losing in federal court, ended up having to pay a settlement in, in the case of the the folks who whose likenesses were used in the game. Because, look, we know who QB number 10 is, and he's X tall and weighs X much, and he's from X town. Like, we got it. We, we know it's that guy. So EA Sports was always, hey, we'll make the game again if it'll keep if we won't get sued. So we have to have a mechanism to compensate the players. Well, this name, image, and likeness stuff is coming down the pipe. Now, the, the NCAA doesn't want group licensing that would allow for this sort of thing. Like EA Sports pays the NFL Players Association a certain amount for Madden, for, for using the likenesses in Madden. That doesn't exist in college. And so I, I'm not sure exactly how they plan to do it. But the fact, Jason, that they made this announcement this week tells me that they think there's going to be a way. Yeah, I, it's it certainly sounds like it. I, but you know what I never understood, and, and I know that some people like playing with the real players. To me, the best part of NCA was always five or six years into a dynasty when it was a bunch of yeah. made up guys. When you anyway. recruited your like, own team, yeah, yeah. When you recruited your own team, you didn't just get stuck with whatever you had. But no, it was it was always ridiculous that they they didn't put the names on there. But then they would like. I remember like for OU, for example, like 2012. QB number 12 was from New Mexico and was the same height and weight as Landry Jones. And it's like, oh, but that's not Landry Jones. It was right. like if they just always had generic rosters, I always wondered if they could have just kept making the game. Well, and here's the thing, and this may be the plan as well. If they can't do any sort of group licensing or they can't figure out how to how because I think I honestly think most current players would accept a free copy of the game as their compensation and, and, and <laughs> yeah. probably would demand that their their overall rating be raised a couple points at, at the same right. time. But but I think what what they could do is have completely generic rosters because within 24 hours of that game being available to download, a bunch of gamers would have created the real rosters, passed yes. them around, not for sale, just passing them around on the internet. You'd be able to get it and and download it and and plug it in and you'd be playing with the real real players right away. And there's not much anybody can do about that. I just did that the other night when I started the Arkansas State Dynasty. I just went on a forum, found the latest one, downloaded it, and boom, I had, uh, you know, Spencer Rattler was there and Trevor Lawrence was there and everybody was there. Uh, and my brother did, and I did, used to did any of them the transfer to the Red? Did any of them transfer to the Red Wolves? No, not yet. Not yet. Um, but I remember even back in like before you could download rosters, like 2003, four, uh, I would go on eBay and buy a memory card 
that someone had had put the current rosters on. They'd gone through and done it. And so I like paid 20 bucks on eBay to a for a memory card that I could plug into my PlayStation and have all the rosters. So I mean, yeah, that stuff has been done forever. I don't know how it's, people it's have just, time to do that, by the way, to, to do that, but I'm glad they do. Uh, you've met, you've been to college. I have. You've met college <laughs> students. There's time. Yeah. Trust me, Jason, yeah. there is time. Yeah. So and, yeah, we're older now. We have kids. There's no time, but there's definitely time when you're in college. <laughs> my, my 11 year old, by the way, has really gotten into Madden in the last probably six months or so. He mentioned to me that he heard at school that NCAA football is coming. Like, I'm like, dude, you don't understand. You you don't even have to save your money for that one. I'm going to buy it because I'll probably be playing it more than you will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. I'm, I, you know, I don't have a PS5 yet, but I guess I'm going to have to I'm going to have to go get one uh, now because. Well, because I, th I think maybe you can get one. <laughs> it was quite a challenge. Uh, I, I just know Santa had a little bit of a struggle making that happen <laughs> this this past Christmas, but it happened. He made it happen yeah. eventually. So, oh. yeah, it's uh, it, it, I think I think supply is, is less constricted now. But but yeah, it's it's going to be fun. And I'm so glad that that. It, that feels like a that common sense has returned because it was always stupid that they didn't compensate the players for being in the game and that they clearly had the players in the game. And it was always stupid that they weren't allowed to do that. So mm -hmm. hopefully there will be a way for them to do it because I, I, I know EA Sports has wanted to do this above board for, you know, basically since they got sued. They were never in bed with the NCAA on this. I also think it's kind of funny. You know, they said they have an agreement with the Collegiate Licensing Company, which is how they're going to get the the school trademarks and the school colors and the stadiums and all that stuff. You notice who they didn't say they had an agreement with? The NCAA? That's correct, because they don't need them. They don't need to pay yeah. them a penny. <laughs> it's, that's, yeah. that's the most hilarious part. Is the NCAA could have had a revenue stream out of this, but nope. We'll be right back after these words. Do you like Formula One, but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? Then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F1 Briefing, the podcast that brings you the latest F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind the scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search The Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us. You know, my other favorite thing about NCA was creating play. Like, you know, we want the current oh, players course. to be in it, but, but creating players. And I want to know, did you, are there any like really badass names that you came up with that you can remember? You mean like uh, Sylvester Hadunkachud or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, stuff, stuff like that. I, I would create me. I would put Andy Staples and he'd right. be like six seven. 275 with with whatever max speed i if you go that heavy i don't think you can go 99 speed but i i get him as fast as i could and i'd make him an option quarterback and just smash people 
Yeah, yeah. See, I did that. I created myself, but my favorite, uh, and, and it's still ongoing to this day, I, I put this in our roundtable we did, and I don't, I don't know if you saw that, but um, back in the old, old games, they actually put a bunch of 1AA like, uh, teams mm-hmm. or FCS teams. Yeah. Uh, and I really decided I, Norfolk State was like my team in the early days. Yeah. I don't know why it was random. And my brother loved to pick Tulane. So we created this epic rivalry between Norfolk State and Tulane, which makes no sense. Um, I know my brother's best name was uh, a safety named Sean McPissy. Sean McPissy. We thought that was like so great. Uh, mine probably was a wide receiver named Carlisle Vodka. Carlisle um, Vodka. Very nice. Yeah. This is, I so, mean, I, I, I think we should just use classic real players' names. Like Navy had a safety once named Wave Rider, which is like the perfect name for a Navy player. So you, you got to make a wave a Wave Rider, even if they don't have any of Wave Rider's actual Navy teams in there. So mm, yeah. Now I want to ask, which player from the period where there was no game? Do you want to play as the most? Well, uh, at, at the risk of sounding a little homerish, I think it's got to be Kyler Murray. Like Kyler Murray too. would be I, I, it's so 100%. much fun. <laughs> like I, I want, I want to transfer Kyler Murray to like Southern Miss and just destroy people. Yeah, yeah, totally. Now I do think that when the game does come out, I, I think they should make the cover like every Heisman winner since the game stopped being made should be all in, on the in cover between. Together. That would be great. Yeah, like, that would be really cool. So like cool. Mayfield, Murray, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, put yeah. all of them on the cover together. Lamar Jackson in this game is going to be unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Because I always thought. Playbooks. It, oh, yeah. Oh, I loved playing, pulling up the wishbone, playing with the wishbone on there. But, oh. uh, but yeah, and the thing is, I know a lot of people sort of transition to Madden. I've never loved Madden, honestly. It's It just feels like a different game, and I'm not smart enough to put my finger on why it feels so different, but it does. Even I, I bought the latest Madden, and I played it, and it's just not as fun to me as, as NCAA was. I just know NCAA's RPO controls are going to have to be a little better than Madden's, because I'm still trying to figure that out in, in the new oh, Madden, I, yeah. and it's... I'm not good at it. Like I can never, I can never throw the bubble. I cannot throw the bubble screen to save my life. So it it is, it is going to be really interesting. But I, I'm with you. Like yeah, just have just line up all the Heisman Trophy winners from from when there was no game to when the game came back and and let it rip. Uh, Devonte Smith in that game Ooh. should be amazing. Like you got to make Devonte oh. Smith just as tiny like as as skinny as he is in real life and as dominant as he is in real life. Yeah, I, I, I could talk about NCAA all day. Like, I don't know how long you have here, but one last story I have to tell. I'm going to embarrass my brother. Um, one of my favorite memories from this game was one time we were in high school. My brother was playing against a friend of ours and he was beating him. And my friend did something that was pretty smart, actually, and was totally legal, but just, you know, kind of kind of cheap. He put a 99 speed quarter cornerback at quarterback and ran the option. And my brother oh, yeah. couldn't stop it. And he got so my brother got so mad that he punched himself right here in the temple. Just went, damn it. <laughs> punched him. And then, like, I think he gave himself a concussion. I'm pretty sure no. he gave himself a concussion. You're not like, supposed he, to be able to do that to yourself. <laughs> he did it. And because it was like 7 p.m. and he was like, 
I think I need to go lay down. And I was like, I don't think you should lay down right now. Wow. <laughs> so so yeah, I got this a game brought out. I got a I got a DM from somebody who who worked with the the plaintiffs in that case saying, Do you wanna do you wanna get in on the settlement? You were on one of those teams. And I was like, no, absolutely not. Because <laughs> <laughs> while I was on the 96 Florida team, that the, the roster only went too deep. They did not go nine right. deep. So there was no there was no offensive guard number 53 with an overall rating of negative three. Had there been, I would have said, yes, please give me my money. But no, absolutely <laughs> not. I, I did not That's earn funny. that. But it, it was, yeah, because they were like, well, you're probably in there. Like, I am definitely not in there. I promise you I'm not in there. So That's but it, great. Our uh, our friend Ross Tucker, who who you know played at Princeton, played in the NFL for for quite a while, and has since moved into announcing games and radio shows and podcasts. He he tells a great story about like running into the Princeton football offices after they put FCS teams in the game because his rating was so low, and he's like, "There's no way they actually studied our game tape to figure out if we're any good." So you coaches must have somebody in this program must have fed them this information. And the fact of the matter was, oh, they were just man. kind of guessing, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that that's great. That's great because I, I mean, I remember my first few years covering college football. It would come up sometimes in scrums with OU players, like that they were upset that their rating was too low or that they weren't their speed wasn't ranked high enough. I mean, these guys got into it. Oh yeah. Oh, and and it'll be the same way again. The difference is maybe they at least get a free copy of the game out of it. If, if not a little mm-hmm. cash. So ho- hopefully that's that's what works out. But speaking of OU, you do cover the Oklahoma Sooners, and it's been a pretty busy couple of weeks for them. And I wanted to check in with you on this because we've talked a lot about Tennessee and the situation there. Well, perhaps no school has benefited from the situation in Tennessee more than Oklahoma. I mean, they're sitting there. They've got Eric Gray transferred in. Uh, Wanye Morris, the, the offensive tackle, is is transferred in. I'm, I'm missing one. Oh, uh, Key Lawrence. So, yep. Three three players, running back, DB, and an offensive lineman, all pretty much ready to contribute right away. There are they were contributors at Tennessee who can step in right away and contribute at Oklahoma. How happy is Lincoln Riley that that these guys are in the portal and he can pull them out? It's a lot of weird Oklahoma Tennessee connections with all that happening. Plus Tennessee hiring Josh Heupel, Josh Heupel uh, as the head coach. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it, it was perfect. It worked out perfectly for OU because those are three positions where they needed somebody. They needed somebody. Uh, they needed a bigger safety to, to plug in. They needed uh, another running back because Ramondre Stevenson declared for the draft and, and they needed uh, a, a tackle. And they got all three of them from from Tennessee. And, and you know, Lincoln Riley told us back in December that they were going to intentionally keep the class small which they did. They only signed 16 high school players. Um, and he said at the time it was because of the pandemic and they, you know, they wanted to make sure they know these guys before they offer them. Unlike maybe in past years when they might take a flyer on somebody. Um, but I think part of it too, is they wanted to keep scholarships open in case something like this happened. And it did. And nobody has taken advantage of transfers like Lincoln Riley has. I mean, we all know about the three quarterbacks, but, um, but these three guys could, could all very well be starters for, for Oklahoma this fall um, and help fill gaps that, that, that they really needed filled. Another guy off that extended Mike Leach tree is Jake Spavadol at, at Texas State. And I have a story that you can read today yeah. in The Athletic about the fact that they have zero high school players signed so far. Now, they were going to be pretty judicious in signing those guys anyway for the same reason Lincoln Riley was. The, 
you know, not a huge senior class, but also because of the possibility of being able to pull people right out of the portal and plug them in. And so it, it's an interesting experiment that, that these guys are doing, you know, because I, I don't think, especially at a program, the level of Oklahoma, you still want to be signing most of your players out of high school because that's how you can develop a culture and kind of build around that. But being able to plug people in directly, and obviously Oklahoma probably knows that better than anyone because, you know, Jalen Hurts coming in. That Kyler Murray and Trevor and Baker Mayfield are, are different stories because they came in uh, and both had to sit, so they both were both there for a while. But I mean, the mm-hmm. the Jalen Hurts thing—they just plugged him right in, and you know, Spencer Rattler may not have been ready to be the starter at that point, and then he was by the time they they got him starting. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. The other interesting portal news at Oklahoma is Bookie Radley Hiles, the the cornerback, former five-star recruit, has put his name into the portal from Oklahoma. And it sounds like he's one that that the Sooners would happily take back if he doesn't find what he's looking for in there. Yeah, he's an interesting kid because, you know, when he signed, he was one of the highest ranked defensive recruits to sign with OU in a long time. Uh, I think people kind of thought he was going to be this savior. And then his first year he starts and that's the year that they had their historically awful defense and they fired Mike Stoops. Uh, And then they bring in Alex Grinch, who prefers his DBs to be a lot bigger than Buki is. And um, so, but he stayed in the lineup because he was never as bad a player as many OU fans on Twitter would tell you that he was. Well, that's the thing. They they wanted him to be an instant savior because he was a five-star guy. That's not going to happen with a corner. I'm sorry. Like, the, the only guy who can instantly come in and transform your defense is probably like an edge rusher or a D-tackle. That's never going to happen with a corner. That, that was one thing I did always think that was unfair, was he was the target of intense criticism right away when he didn't immediately make the defense better. Yeah, well, and it wasn't just fans, by the way. There were former players, former players that that we've all heard of um, who were on Twitter saying, get him out, get him out. Um, and I never thought he was that bad. Now, is he a five-star college player? No, he's not. Um, is he going to, if he comes back to OU, is he going to start? Probably not. He's probably not going to start next year if he comes back. But he was not a bad player. He was pretty good in coverage. Um, and uh, and not only that, you just look at the way his teammates, Spencer Rattler, Creed Humphrey, Caleb Kelly, are talking about him on Twitter. He was a culture guy. He was a team leader. They loved him. And then yesterday on signing day, Lincoln Riley was asked about it uh, and said, you know, we hope he comes back. And And I have to say, like, Lincoln Riley never talks like that about guys who go in the portal. Usually when you go yeah. in the portal – that's kind of it. But he you can tell he genuinely wants him to come back. I don't know if he will um, for all the reasons we've talked about. He's probably not going to play as much now that they've sort of but, recruited. I mean, past how, him, how telling how telling is that about the Oklahoma defense now? Because we, we've seen this statistical improvement under Alex Grinch. I remember the first year people say, well, what's he doing? They're not. Are they, are they actually any better? And you look at like yards per play allowed. They went from the hundreds to the 50s. And then last year they jumped from the 50s to the 20s to the or high teens, early 20s. And so the improvement is there. And that's the part I'm, I'm really interested in because that offense is is maturing as Spencer Rattler goes into his second year as the starter. The defense is now not only adequate, which is what, you know, look, if they had had an adequate defense when they had Kyler Murray, they would have had a chance to win the national title. But now they've gone past adequate to 
above average. And if they can go mm-hmm. past that, Oklahoma's ceiling is really high. Yeah, well, yeah, especially with, yeah, like last year, in many cases, the defense was better than the offense because Rattler was still in his first year. They would go through long spurts where they wouldn't score. Um, but next year, I think the expectation is Rattler is going to be a lot better. He should be. They've got a lot of weapons around him. And now they have a defense. I mean, I, I still say 2017, the, when they lost to Georgia in oh. that Rose Bowl, yeah. If they just had a if they just had a slightly below average defense, they win the national title that year. I Absolutely, because there's an alternate history. If if Oklahoma gets past Georgia in that Rose Bowl, they would have played Alabama. Alabama with Jalen Hurts at quarterback would have scored some on Oklahoma's defense. Would have scored enough to to stave off the quarterback change at halftime that Nick Saban had to make yep. when they were getting shut out by Georgia. And so if Hurts plays that whole game instead of Tua coming in. Yeah, Oklahoma probably wins that game because they just outscore them. But uh, you know, it's it's crazy to think about all that. And it, you know, this is what Oklahoma needed to do. You do wonder, you know, when Bob Stoops retired, was there kind of a wink, wink? You're going to keep Mike for for a while, right? Wink, wink, wink. And if they'd made that change immediately, how how different would things be? Yeah, I mean, I I wondered a lot about that at the time because you know. The, when the when the change was made, when Stoops retired, it was in the middle of the summer, so it was a little bit of an abnormal time. That's not really a time when you go out and replace assistant coaches. Right. It so, was it was June, and and it, I always yeah. wondered if that was by design. Yeah, I I don't know, I don't know if it was or not, but um, but I did sort of wonder if after the season, if Lincoln would maybe make a change after that Rose Bowl, that would have been kind of a good time to do it. Instead, he waited, you know, what ten months <laughs> after the Texas after game, that? yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that was a little more inconvenient. Speaking yeah. of uh, of inconvenient, you, you're going to be working when we get off this recording here on a story about a game that we thought probably we'd never see. And if you don't live in that part of the country, you may not understand why it's such a big deal. But Arkansas and Arkansas State are going to play one another in football, which is a massive deal in the state of Arkansas. And it's one of those things that a lot of people thought would never happen. So I ask you, Jason Kersey, to remove your Oklahoma beat writer hat and put on your former Arkansas beat writer hat (laughs) and explain to us why this means so much. Yeah, well, they've never played. I mean, this goes back to the to the 40s and 50s. John Barnhill, the old AD, um, had a policy that that they would not play any schools in the state. And the reason being, he wanted the whole state to rally around. He wanted the whole state to be Razorback fans. Um, because, you know, back then the state was was it was harder to get places. It was harder. I mean, that's why they played in Little Rock for so long. They played so many games in Little Rock because there wasn't an interstate highway system. It wasn't easy for people to get to Fayetteville, but he wanted everybody to be a hog fan. And so uh, Frank Broyles continued that policy. Jeff Long continued that policy. Uh, and, and that was always sort of the deal. Arkansas State always wanted to play them. They always wanted a chance to play them, particularly after Arkansas State beca- became uh, an FBS Division A team in the early 90s. And Arkansas would never do it. And, uh, and I mean, I, I think about when I first got on the Arkansas beat, 2016, uh, one of the first things I did was went to a, a Brett Bielema availability at this golf course in Bella Vista, Arkansas, and Michigan had just backed out of a home and home against, uh, and so Arkansas had to replace it. And he was, people were asking him about it. And, and I, you know, I was still new. I didn't really know any better. And I just said, 
well, what about Arkansas State? And Bielema gave the the company line about why they don't do that. And I got the sense that the rest of the media was kind of looking at me like, why would you ask that? Like, that's stupid. It was almost like it was the most ridiculous thing they'd ever heard. Well, did, and didn't one you guy, provide? Didn't you provide a week of off-season sports talk material by by even yeah, that broaching was a year the subject? Later. That was a <laughs> year incredible. later. Incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. But you know, after that Bielema thing, one guy. Uh, who, you know, he pulled me aside and was like, yeah, that, that he goes, he basically tried to make the case for me. Why, what do they have to gain from playing Arkansas state? And then he, and then he asked, he goes, I mean, Oklahoma doesn't play Tulsa. And I said, yes, they do. <laughs> I said, and yeah, so does Al- Oklahoma it's, state. It's, it's Alabama doesn't play UAB or Troy. That's the, yeah, that's the one. Uh, but yeah, yeah but, but now, now they're going to do it. And it's interesting that you mentioned the little rock games because they're going to play them in Little Rock, and guess what? It's more likely to sell out in Little Rock because they're playing Arkansas State rather than whoever else they would have played in Little Rock. Here's the thing, Andy. That was always the solution. That was always the solution to both problems. Play that game in Little Rock because Arkansas doesn't like playing in Little Rock because uh, they can't do official visits there. It takes away a recruiting weekend. It's a it's an old stadium. Uh, not nearly as great as it used to be. It used to be this great stadium. It's not that anymore. It's very old, very out of date. Um, but the solution was always to play Arkansas State in Little Rock, even if you don't do it every year. That was always the obvious solution. And so um, I, I think it's great for the state. Um, I don't live there anymore, but but I you know I, I did for a while, and uh, I know and, what and a big deal. And it's twenty twenty five. You may move back. Who knows? <laughs> so, but who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, let let's uh, let, let this be a tribute to uh, to the late George Dunn, though. There, this this obituary was floating around on the internet on Tuesday after this announcement got made, or on Wednesday after this announcement got made. Uh, so George Dunn died at age eighty two in two thousand twenty, and he has an epic obituary, and I'll read a little of it for you. So Dunn went to see Arkansas State play football at home and away at many football powerhouses like Alabama and Virginia Tech, attended many of ASU's bowl games, and yet he did not live long enough to see the Razorbacks football team get enough guts to play Arkansas State. This one is for you up there in heaven, George Dunn. Because he's right about that to some degree, because the last five, six years, Arkansas State would have beat them. And that's the controversy you're referring to that uh, that I caused by just sort of casually saying on Bo Mattingly's show that I thought Arkansas State would beat Arkansas. And that ended up being a, a, a discussion topic for about the next week. So for, for those who don't great. know, the 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 competition in sports talk in northwest Arkansas is vicious. It is a vicious vicious market they are always trying to one-up one another better guests better shows and when something like that that is red meat for that market red meat yeah yeah Uh, there's a lot of radio hosts that i met that genuinely don't like each other in a way that i'd never really seen before (laughs) it it is truly now (laughs) now, bo mattingly the, the radio host we were discussing great guy has has gone on to become kind of an impresario where he produces a lot of documentaries now i mean he's he is a man of a jack of all trades he's fantastic but it was always every time i got a a 479 text message i knew it was some one competing northwest arkansas station or another saying 
we need the national perspective on the Razorbacks and, 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 you know, hope you say something that they can then turn into a week's worth of content because that's, that's what they're like. They are looking for the, the newbie. Well, you weren't even a newbie then you'd been there a year, but for the beat writers, like, why yeah. don't they play Arkansas state? <laughs> and then boom. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's uh it's a, it's a wonderful, weird, crazy place. I love Northwest Arkansas. I miss it every day. All right. Jason Kersey, thank you so much for joining us. Sometime before Arkansas and Arkansas State play in Little Rock in 2025, we can play that game on our consoles at home because college football in video game form is coming back. Hallelujah. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Andy.